Robert, do you think a prong collar or e-collar is safe for use on my girlfriend as a Christmas gift? Um, I don't know, Robert. I haven't met your girlfriend and I don't know what her bad um, habits are. Ironically, she did private email me afterwards, I mean, before the show, and she asked the same question. So be careful, Robert. You guys can get his and hers shock collars um, for each other. And we'll make sure hers works at, the one that she uses on you works at double strength. So the boss, the boss next. Sniffles. Yeah, the sniffles in the show. We're going live. Here we are. It's live. Yeah, hey, everybody. How are you? What day of the week today? Saturday night, Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the show. My name is Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. This is Joelle. She's one of the trainers um, at our training center in Providence, Rhode Island. And if you're not familiar with what we do, we've got a um, training center up in Providence, Rhode Island. I personally travel the world doing dog training seminars. I think 2019, 20 of them scheduled. You can actually go to jeffgelmanseminars.com or just go to jeffgelman.com or go to whatwouldjeffdo.com. They all lead to the same happy place. Um we specialize in aggression rehab and we specialize in behavior modification. Obviously, we train dogs on what we want them to do, all the basic commands, on-leash and off-leash, but our real level of expertise is on stopping an unwanted behavior. That's the real That's the real level of expertise that we're doing. So I think it's important that people understand that we're also pet dog trainers. So we're you know, family pet dog trainers. And the reason why I say that is because we don't do certain things that say an agility dog trainer does, which is pretty much nothing they do. Sport dog trainers, trick trainers. So what we're doing is we're we're focusing on the family pet and family pets have got different needs and wants um, the, as far as the owners are concerned. They don't care about a lot of the fancy stuff and the formalities necessarily. Um, and the big thing they need help with is stopping an unwanted behavior. That's the big thing. So in order to stop an unwanted behavior, um, it takes an act of punishment to stop it. So what we're also doing is we're teaching owners how to properly apply punishers to their dog and then teaching dogs what they mean. That's really, really important. Um, you're not going to hear me ever talk science on this show. Like we don't do that here. Most people that spout science actually don't know what they're talking about. Um, but a lot of people are being misled that the way to stop an unwanted behavior is you can use, you don't have to use punishment or an aversive or the word no. So that's a pretty much a big disservice to the owners out there. So a lot of this show, you're going to hear me talk a lot about punishment, punishment, punishment. So here we go. Ask the question down at the bottom where it says, say something. That's where you type in your question. And there's someone already did a top chat. There's a dollar sign right there. When you do, when you do a dollar amount, um, this is the way that YouTube live works. Your question goes up to the top and that money, um, goes towards date night for myself and Linda. Linda and I went out to Rosalina's tonight and five extra points if you can say what's one of the things that we got. And you would know that if you're really a super fan and you follow all of our social media. So Trisha um, Six Celeste says, love you guys. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for the 499. So here we go. Hmm. Eric, 17 week, very bratty Shepadoodle just got an e-collar, bonker has no effect. Okay to correct mouthing, counter surfing, and jumping with e-collar. What levels to use on mini educator for correction? So the first of all, the bonker might not have worked because you might have not have been doing it properly. So just to clear, just to clarify, 
a lot of people underwhelm their dogs with a bonker. They don't say no first, and they don't prepare the the dog what the bonker means prior to them actually using it. So I actually post up a video on um, how to use a bonker, um, and it talks about the pre-punisher and associating the word no with the, the actual bonk, and it's supposed to be extremely firm. But that's fine. You have a remote collar now. So um, counter surfing, and, and you want to use probably the highest level for a counter surfer. I've got videos on everything that, that I'm about to say. So jumping and counter surfing and mouthing, you can all do the remote collar. Absolutely, you can do them. Mouthing, be careful because the dog's mouth is already on you. I prefer, would definitely use the bonker. And if you're if it's not working, you're probably doing it way too gentle. The dog should really hate the bonker. And if you don't know what a bonker is, all it is is a cotton towel. And I just post up a video on how to make it. It's not rocket science. It costs less than $2 to make. That includes these fancy elastics that are that are on them as well. Number 64. Number 64. But it's, it's a pretty firm, call it harsh if you want to, you know, throw of the throw of the throw of the towel but active god would be the highest level dog could die from from getting up on the counter so all that stuff can be done with the remote collar yes next one purpose two dollars to make you holla really oh, i didn't even see that it's, oh, yeah, thanks. It's down here oh okay got it. it thank you one purpose yep thanks uh, for that little video that little instagram story today nice steve eight month old pit mix got from the rescue three weeks ago introduced to prong and did great on leash for first two weeks now starting to pull even with the prong on and reacts to the leash when we correct ideas. Yeah, tons, tons of ideas, actually. So you, that's another thing is like no one's going to ever present us something in the dog training spectrum that I have not seen and fixed. Hundreds of times, sometimes thousands of times. Just keep that in mind. I'm only going to give advice on things that we've done successfully. So remember, no tool is going to make the complete dog. No tool is going to. The tool is the leverage you are going to use to build a better relationship with the dog. So you still want to have a good relationship with your dog. You still want to have lots of structure in the dog's life. The last thing we want you to do, plus you also, the honeymoon period is over. And that's what that boils down to. Your honeymoon period is over. So now what your dog is doing is you've most likely been underwhelming your dog these last couple of weeks and nagging your dog these last couple of weeks. So now your dog knows exactly what it can get away with and it's pushing it. So what I would do is I would first, I would watch the 180 video. It's on my YouTube channel. Just type in 180 in the search box of my, when you're on my channel, do that. It's a, again, it's pretty firm, but then also what's the rest of your day look like with a dog? How much more, how many rules do you have in place? As far as like, does your dog free roam? Is your dog allowed to just casually do other commands? Are you asking your dog to do much? Or do you only look at the walk as the training and you give your dog a lot of freedom elsewhere. So that's the big mistake that a lot of people make. Pretend you're on a board and train with this dog. You just bring it home from the shelter and um, what would you do? You'd constantly be working this dog. And that doesn't mean always active working. It means lying down working. Like my, I've got three dogs right next to me right now lying down and they're not tired, but what else would they be doing in this room? So right now while you're watching this show, what's your dog doing? And it should be lying down somewhere unless it's like out for a walk or engaging with somebody else, but it shouldn't just be walking around your house. It should be literally lying down. So think about all those things. Next. Top chat. Top David chat. Smith. That looks like a David Smith top chat. 999. Took Rocky to a family party today. It was really good for the most part with a group and everyone asked. He's so well behaved at seven months old. He got turkey neck when we got home. Thanks for helping him look good. 
David, you did all the work, but you're welcome, but you did all the work. So that's impressive. If you're struggling with your dog right now, you don't need to. You just don't need to. So many people get help from free videos. Um, there's really no excuse right now, but that's why you're here. So I want you to know if you're brand new here, the answers are all out there, whether it's on our channel or someone else's channel that knows how to train things and stop things. The big thing is stop things. We're only 10% of dog trainers out there know how to stop an unwanted behavior because it's pretty much 90% reward-based training out in the dog training world. So next. Linda. Adult female Rottweiler, leash reactive, and while on walks, refuses to follow by plopping down and staying put. Does not move until she wants. How to correct this behavior during walks and how to stop marking. Okay, well, two two separate issues. Um, first of all, it's a female Rottie, so the marking, dog's got to pretty much squat to do it. So um, you can do that with a remote. Get yourself a remote collar. Get yourself a remote collar. At a minimum, you should be walking that dog on a prong collar. If you're walking that dog on a slip lead, choke chain, flat buckle collar, or martingale, what you're gonna or a harness, good luck. You're not gonna, you're probably not gonna get an adult Roddy to move. Um, and using food lures isn't gonna work. And we we use food to train dogs, by the way. All dogs get trained in obedience with food lures. So what I would do is what we do is you put a remote collar on that dog and you make it suck to lie down. It's as simple as that. It's simple, and then you're always going to get people from the conversation, oh, so you're using fear and intimidation and force. Well, the dog is using force, right? What's good enough for the dog is good enough for me, frankly. I mean, the dog is using its body weight and refusing to move. Like, we are going for a walk right now. I do have limited time on when I can walk you. So what do you do? If you took off that leash, that dog would run around. So a lot of people are like, oh, it must be afraid. It's not afraid. It's being an ass. It's being stubborn. It's selective hearing. Oh, the dog's confused. No, it's not. It knows exactly what it's doing. It intentionally dropped to the ground and refused to move because it knows it works. It's as simple as that. It's not a one and a half year old child that's too exhausted, that's crying and being hysterical, that can't think straight. It's a dog that's an adult, and it knows exactly what it's doing. So what do you do? It plops down. Really? I'm going to make that option suck. Remote collar. Does it hurt? It motivates the dog enough to get moving. Absolutely. Because if you took the leash off, it probably would run around and play. Correct? Correct. Like, we see this all the time. Do the test. Drop let the dog off leash. Please don't do this in a public area and walk away. I bet you the dog will get up and go, oh, now I'll move. Yeah, on your own time. You have to start doing it on my time. It's typical, typical nonsense behavior we get from dogs that want to be selective. Next. How to stop, mar how to stop marking? Just again, if the dog is doing it on leash, just pop, pop the leash. If the dog is just walking around your house doing it, don't give your dog freedom right now. Kept the dog in the act and you'd have to correct hard. Next. Ryan, what is the right way to greet someone else's dog at their home when the dog comes up to you for a hyper dog jumping and pawing at you and also in general for a calm dog? Thanks. Well, I, the best way to meet someone's dog is, is ignore it. If everybody ignored dogs, less dogs would be killed and less dogs would have bad behaviors, by the way. So if I go to someone's house and they have a dog, 
I ignore it. If a dog was jumping on me, I would look at the owner and like try to get some indication that they're going to do something about it. And if that didn't work, I would move it. I, I would correct the dog. I'm not going to train it, but like you can't jump on me. First of all, you, you have rude friends then. I'm sorry. Your friend is rude. Like if I come to your house and your dog's jumping on me, like you've got to be kidding me. Are you serious? It's not cute. It's not funny. You're not working on it. If you were working on it, the dog would be on a damn leash and you'd keep it away from me. Why do I have to be your test subject? I didn't sign up for that. I came I came over for either conversation, food, or sex. <laughs> and none of those involve a dog. Because that's disgusting, frankly. So, no. Get your dog off of me. It's rude. It just is. So, some people are they're in denial, though. Oh, he's excited. Oh, he's learning. Good for the dog. That's really great that your dog is excited. But I'm not excited that your dog is jumping on me. Pawing? That's annoying. You can scratch my legs, rip my pants. But I don't have clothes that will rip. But if I was elderly, like you can literally cut open my skin. I can bleed. And if I had pantyhose on, which sometimes I do, like right now, I've got women's lingerie underneath my clothes. <laughs> so... And you don't even want to see. Come on, guys! I can't be the only one. Come on, I can't be the only one. So what? 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 I, what I want people to understand, though, is like all those things are rude. They're not cute. So, what do you do? You find a new place to go, probably, or ask the ask the owner to put the dog away. Next, Allie Wynn. Hey, Jeff and Joelle. Hey, Allie. Did you, did you get Steve's? Oh, I thought I read that one. Sorry, you. Steve. Hey, Allie. Though, sorry. Hey, Allie. Eight-month-old pit is also great with obedience commands when food or treat is involved. Gets stubborn when doesn't think there's a treat coming. How to get better obedience when he's being stubborn? Yeah, I think I'm lost right there. So, so the dog's not being stubborn. The dog is being like, fine, call it stubborn. Selective learning, unmotivated. Yeah, the missing link is punishment. We use food to train dogs too, guys. We do the exact same thing. We don't use treats. We use the dog's daily kibble. So we're food trainers. So. You know, we use dogs, we use the dog's food too. And once they know it, where's the punisher for non-compliance of a known behavior? I'll say that again. I'm not talking like you're an idiot. Where's the punishment for non-compliance of a known behavior? That's how you get dogs to be better listeners. Or you have a dog that always needs to be paid to work every single time. Every single command forever. So if a dog knows something, the next step is the proper application of punishment. So that's what you do. Next. All right. Audrey Colletti took dog to Lowe's tonight. At checkout, guy rolls up behind us with a roll of carpet on a cart. My dog freaked the F out like the carpet was going to attack. Advice on this one? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. It's probably startled the heck out of the dog. I mean... And, it, and for all the for all you know, the dog thought it was going to attack, but it's more of a startle thing. What do you do? Role play it. It could have been the noise of the cart. So the the guy pulled up with a roll of carpeting. It could have been the one that the the the, the bigger cart. I don't know if it was a shopping cart or the bigger one that you can move the lumber in. Um, it could have been the noise from that. It could have been yeah. It startled the heck out of the dog. The dog turned around and saw this big thing of carpeting coming at it. So it could have been that. Um, 
But what do you do? The question is, what do you do when your dog gets startled and freaks out? What do you do? Role play the heck out of it. Go to Home Depot, set it up, role play it. And then teach your dog how to do a proper down or proper sit around high levels of distractions. Next. Kaylee J. Hey guys, my almost one and a half year old dog whines at everything. Some days he acts confident and barely makes a peep. Other days he's a whining mess. Have e-collar and do corrections. Just so frustrated. So uh, yeah, it, it is frustrating have frustrating having a whining dog. I mean, I personally, I don't see how people can live like that um, at all. <laughs> so, I feel your pain. <laughs> so Joelle feels your pain. So what do you do? Well, Cut down on affection, more structure, and also use the remote to stop the whining. But don't be nagging the dog. But make sure there's clear communication. And a lot of it's probably based on arousal. So make sure you learn how to eliminate arousal. You can do that with a remote collar or a bonker. Next. <clears throat> Eden, big shout out from Portugal. Love you guys. Hey, Portugal. How are you? Angela, hi guys. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for the wake up call and not petting dogs that aren't mine. A year ago, I would, but now I don't. I never realized the consequences of it for the dog. Oh, now I leave every dog alone. Yep, so do I. I, I do too. I, you know, if we all did, like I said, more dogs would have less problems. Next. Cottonflower two. What are your methods to stop nipping, mouthing in puppies and adult dogs? Um, well, adult dogs should be corrected hard. A puppy, it would be it will seem hard to the dog. Puppy being like, I don't know, 16 weeks and under, you can use a bonker, which is again, you would say no and bonk. Or when we're talking about an eight to ten week old puppy, I'll stick my thumb right in the puppy's mouth and push down and then grab the bottom jaw and make it suck. Um, I don't say ow, I don't do that at all. I just like do this. Remember, when applying a proper punisher, you're not sit, you're not yelling, you're not screaming, you're not upset. That's the big thing. Everyone's like, oh, do I yell? Do I raise my voice? No, you just say no. No, no. Boom, apply your punisher. That's it. And then for an, for an adult dog, you can use a remote collar or a um, um, the bonker. But also, a lot of puppies, when they're tired, they nip more. So it's like, a lot of people keep dog puppies out of crates too long. They keep them up and active too long and they get tired and then they do stupid stuff. So think about it that. And a lot of people just do fun stuff with their dog. And they don't want to do the structured stuff. So for an adult dog that's doing that, I'd be like, well, what's the rest of your... Again, you'd have to stop it. You can stop it with a bonker. But then are you... Telling your dog properly also on the flip side what you want it to do. And I think that's what a lot of people are torn between or they don't know. They don't know how to reinforce the good stuff and how to stop the bad stuff. That's why we keep spewing this information on this show. Next. Kaylee J, <clears throat> hoping to get a working spot for the Wisconsin seminar, but I just don't know what I'm doing wrong in his training because a few months ago he was doing great and it seems like he's backsliding. Um, Kaylee J, will get a working spot. There's still some available. I mean, it's open It's open to the public. So definitely get a working spot. Worst case scenario, get a audit spot. You'll learn a ton. Um, but it just makes you and your dog normal. How many dogs have you trained, Right. I've trained thousands and thousands of dogs and I'm still challenged once in a while. I'm not surprised, but there's still challenging dogs that we work with. And I just imagine it's like, no wonder owners struggle. 
And then there's also for you, there's mis there's misinformation out there and there's mixed information out there. Um, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's a dog. Next. Um, we got a $2 top chat. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, don't um, see, I don't see those till we get to them. I think, yeah, it gets under like five. It doesn't know. Oh, it got is, it. But I was scrolling. Or under 499, yep. Um, Rose, how to train a dog to tell me when it needs to go? Um, I actually don't know. That's not my level of expertise at all. Housebreaking dogs is not on my skill set. Um, so what you do though is you you would I don't do the bell thing. I just don't like to do the bell thing. Um, I think a lot of dogs will take advantage of that. I've seen that happen. I've heard about it happening. That's not firsthand experience. So, um, just so you know that. What I do is I just put my dogs on a schedule. So I feed my dogs there's a certain amount of food. I get to know my dog's system. And then I put my dogs on a schedule. And I pretty much tell them when they go to the bathroom. And to the, can they have a mistake? Yeah, there's one to, you know, maybe if there's some sitting up a lot and they're in place. I also don't let my dogs free roam around the house. So I like to be more in tune with my dogs. I think when a dog's free roaming around the house, it makes it has the opportunity to make too many mistakes by destroying things, by um, um, peeing on things, by marking things. I want my dogs to hang out with me. So like right here next to me. Uh, and I just put my dogs on a schedule. That's what I do. Next. And crate train your dogs too. Next. Red Riding Hood and the Wolf. Hey, J&J, what are some good training rewards? I use my dog's kibble, but she turns her nose away at it. She goes crazy for wet food and treats, but I don't want to get her fat. Yeah, I mean, so how about this? Stop feeding wet food and treats. Literally stop. You'll save a ton of money. A lot of wet food has no value anyway. It's 96% water. Um, unlike bacon. Uh, so what you can do is, so what you can do is, if you if you use food for your training and don't feed out of a bowl, they won't turn their nose at it because that's the only food they get. That's the only food they get. So I don't think I've ever owned a selective eating dog. Probably because I monitor their food. I only feed them the the, 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 the the amount that they need. I can just you just tell eventually how much they need. Um, and my dogs are probably always hungry. Next. Purple lady, my one-year-old Pity recently began peeing while he eats. He is on a raw diet. Wow. It's so bad. I started feeding him outside. I noticed it sort of started after bringing in two new pups, started four months ago. Huh. Purple lady, I would check for a UTI, but it could be, it could be, I don't know, I don't know if it's stress-related, brought in two new pups. That's, that's really interesting that you do that. Usually there is a change in the household, though. It could be moving, job loss. Marital strife, money problems, believe it or not, they create a lot of anxiety problems because they they because we're just more anxious sometimes, or we're just more quick to quick to explode and stressed. Um, but I would I would check medical first, see if there's a UTI. It's probably not medical though. Could be. Um, maybe the I don't know if the puppies would bring something in that would affect that. It's probably more about like, is there is there structure with those puppies? So bringing two dogs at once, that's a lot of dog. It could feel that it's got to be, um, it's got to rush through its food, but that's that's a weird connection. Like, why would you pee if you felt you had to rush through your food? Why would you pee if you had to guard your food? Why would you pee if you had to like, like we're, we're anxious about your food? So those dots aren't connecting really well. So that one, I probably would need some more information on. I'd be like, hmm, well, what are the structure? Are you missing out on some structure with the puppies as well? Are you advocating for that dog? All I know is this. 
we wouldn't, this is what the funny thing about excitement, nervous, and fear pee. We never address it directly. We put the dogs to our training program and it goes away. The same thing with car sickness. We never address car sickness directly. We just put the dogs to our training program and it goes away. And a lot of it is because the dog is overly aroused or overly anxious or overstressed. So by teaching a lot of boundaries, eliminating arousal, all of that stuff just organically goes away. Next. The Lone Wolf 43. Hi, Jeff. Just wanted to say thanks for the advice to check out your videos. Planning on showing them to my sister. Awesome. Cool. Cool, Paige. My dog playfully bites. What do I do about it? So that's so cool, Paige. Thanks for asking. It's not acceptable. So, um, I mean, I'm not against biting a toy, like a tug toy. And the thing about teaching your dog tug, it's literally with a tug toy. It's like with with a an official tug toy. You can use a you can use a rope if you want to, but but and they don't get to play with it. It's like you you do bite work with this, and then I put it away, and nothing else is bite work. So no other toy I'm going to play tug with. No piece of clothing I'm going to I'm going to do um, tug with either. So we talked about this a couple of times already on the show, but you got to you have to learn how to apply a proper punisher for nipping and biting a dog. So a dog puts his mouth on you, you would say no, you can use a bonker. I just keep these right here because they're so great. No, and boom, like this. And just hard, but hard, like very, very firm. I just made a video on how to use a bonker and how to make a bonker. Um, you'll do that. But also a lot of people, what they do is they're being selective. They're being selective. I like, what I want people to do is consume as many of my videos and listen to as many of my shows as possible. So you get more of a 360 degree picture of how I want your dog's life to be, at least as a family pet. And we're a huge advocate of structured exercise, huge advocate of diet, huge advocate of training yourself to do your dog to do stuff. But I think a lot of people are leaving their dogs in a sense of excitement and arousal. And they don't stop it and they get frustrated. So teaching your dog how to do a lot of nothing, and I'm not advocating for lazy dogs. I've got high drive dogs. But if you really think about it, most of the day when you're in the house, the dog should just be lying down relaxing. I think a lot of people are struggling with that concept. So make sure your dog has a good off switch and it doesn't need three hours of exercise to do that. Um, it just needs a decent amount of exercise. What's a decent amount? I mean, believe it or not, an hour a day, an hour and 15 minutes a day is a good amount of exercise. A couple of runs with a chucket ball or Frisbee or behind a bicycle is, is, is good as well. Um, but I think a lot of folks are like, oh my God, I have to run my dog four hours a day. I'm like, that's a really long time. Four hours a day. It's almost, that's what, 15% of your day um, to register, to, to tire your dog out. And you're just building an athlete. So be careful. Next. Karen K. Six-month-old golden retriever still jumping at every table encounter horribly. Buying mini educator this week. Please explain how to time the correction when I see her thinking or as her paws are already on the table. So Karen K., yeah. So if the dog, the dog is, is, Still jumping. Of course, it's still jumping because you haven't applied a punisher yet. So get your remote collar in and you'll make sure that it have, has proper fit. So it should be super snug on the neck. Fit is everything. Proper fit on the neck. Both contact points have to be making contact and it should be super snug. You shouldn't be able to move the, the remote collar around. And on that breed, you want to make sure you nestle it in and you might want to use the longer contact points. And for a dog jumping on a counter, I use the highest level. And that might surprise people or shock people. It's like, oh my God, doesn't that hurt? Yeah. Yes, it does hurt. Of course it does. As it should. Like it will not hurt as much 
as your pocketbook will hurt for having surgery with your dog because it ingested something. It And when the, the dog is on the table, it is cut open with a very sharp knife. The dog could die on the table. The dog most likely and could get an infection afterwards. They do a lot and then has to have more surgery. Plus the dog will never learn anything. It also won't hurt as much as your pocketbook for paying with the surgery. So I'm trying to make the act of jumping on tables and counters intolerable. And I want it to really suck to do that. So the timing of it would be wait until the dog fully commits, gets on the counter, correct high. And I correct for a couple of seconds, usually three seconds. Dog pops off after a split second, but I really want it to suck. And I derive no pleasure in that and neither should you. Nobody should have liked applying a very powerful punisher to their dog. But your dog could die. Also, if the dog gets something off the counter, we've seen dogs. I've seen it firsthand. Um, I've got clients that, that will let me know. The dog will try to, will growl and try to bite them if they try to get it out of their mouth. So now you've got a dog that not only steals stuff from the counter, but guards it. Because usually it's high profile stuff. And also the dog could destroy your dinner. Family meal. Happens a lot. Next. Galjez. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Galjez. How are you? Brittany Hill. Hi, you guys are awesome. My 14-week-old puppy had been doing well with potty training. Hadn't peed in the house in over three weeks. Went out of town, and he had been boarded. Came back today, and he peed on his bed. What's up with this? Well, 14-week-old dog, it's not fully housebroken. And I'm not surprised that when you put a 14-week-old puppy in a typical boarding facility... It pissed whenever it wanted to, wherever it wanted to, and they just come in afterwards and they clean it up. So that's what's up. Next. Robert, do you think a prong collar or e-collar is safe for use on my girlfriend as a Christmas gift? Um, I don't know, Robert. I haven't met your girlfriend and I don't know what her bad um, habits are. Ironically, she did private email me afterwards, I mean, before the show, and she asked the same question. So be careful, Robert. You guys can get his and hers shock collars um, for each other. And we'll make sure hers works at, the one that she uses on you works at double strength. So <laughs> The boss. The boss. Next. Um, Van, trained a pit bull on prong collar and she shut down. What would you recommend to get a dog to come out of a shutdown? So the breed has got nothing to do with it. Um, and if this is your, and if you haven't trained a lot of dogs before, you're going to see those. So the dog is just most likely objecting and saying no. And we see that happen every once in a while. And we just work the dog through it. We just work the dog through it. Also, I don't know what your skill set is. I don't know the skill set that you have, what you're trying to do with the dog. So when you say you, that you trained a pit bull on a dog, what does that mean? Like, what did you, like, what did you train it to do? Did it shut down after do, training it one thing? Did it shut down after, shut down after doing it for one minute? So, or did you just totally mess up the dog after, you know, 60 seconds of training? I have no idea what you did. I don't know if you were too firm, too harsh. You didn't use enough of a, a reward-based system as well. So, a good, you know, using a reward to train what you want. Um, I, have no, I have no idea at all what you did. So, I can't properly answer your question because I don't have enough information. And I would need to, like, talk with you over Skype to do that. All I can say is... Watch our videos on how to fit it, how to get the dog acclimated to it, 
and teach the dog what it means, which is the acclimation process, and then how to start using it. And it shouldn't be used harshly at all. Like the collar doesn't shut down the dog. So it could be just a skill set thing, which you can, but it doesn't take a huge amount of skill to work the dog through it. But a lot of times when the dog feels a sensation that's new, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. Next. Linda, watching from Cali. Hey, California. I'll be out there in February. Tammy, going to see you in Reno. Can't wait. Oh, awesome, Tammy. Get your ticket. That one will probably, most of these sell out. Uh, Macy, I just wanted to say thank you, Jeff, so much. Today, me and my dog were walking off-leash. He is off-leash trained with an e-collar, thanks to you. And we had a cyclist come around a blind corner Ooh. into our lane wow. and almost hit us. Thankfully, they didn't hit us, and I was able to recall my dog after he had ran away from the cyclist. Wow, nice, because he got startled. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Re recalling your dog from a fear response is pretty cool. Good for you. Proud of you. <clears throat> nice. Russ says, good evening, Jeff and Joelle. Nice to see you both. Hey, Russ. How are you, buddy? Melissa says, hey, Jeff and Joelle. Oh, hey, Melissa. Glad you're here. Hey, Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I ski big skies. Says, hi, Jeff and Joelle. Oh, hey. How are hey, you? Hey, Montana. Hey, Montana. What's up, Montana? Prop chat, David Smith. 499, David Smith. This is going to hurt me more than you, Stim. Fixed dangerous behavior. Hard to do, but needed. Took me a minute to do, but well worth the investment. Yeah. Yeah, so David's had to do that. I'm, and I've had to do that with my own dogs as well. Um, I think it's just really important that people understand. Oh, shoot, I'm stuck again in top chat land. Hold on. Um, so I just think that, that I think it's important that people understand how important stopping some of these unwanted behaviors are. Next. Cotton flower too. A few days ago, I ended up accidentally throwing the bonker into a used mop bucket because it pretty much ricocheted off my dog. LOL. Oops. Yeah. Well, that could, that could happen. Just why you gotta watch out with your mop buckets. Why are you leaving a mop bucket out full of water? <laughs> Good thing it's just a towel. Yep. Red Riding Hood and the Wolf. How long should the average training session be? I heard they should be two to three minutes long several times a day instead of a long session a few times a day. Well, where'd you hear that from? Two to three minutes long? What the fuck are you going to do in two to three minutes? I mean, I'm 52. I still have sex for a little bit longer than that. Right? Right? I'm not 18, but it's like two to three minutes. What are you going to do? What are you going to do in two to three minutes? I mean, no. So how long? I mean, if you have a, it could be 15 minutes. It could be 45 minutes. If you have a pushy, snotty dog, it could be an hour and a half. How much time do you have? But two to three minutes, not, not much is going to get done in two to three minutes. Um, so how long? I don't know. How much time? It's, it's so, guys, we're getting a couple of open-ended questions tonight. These are these are really interesting. So they're making me really think a lot. It's like, how long? I don't know, the right amount of time. What, is that, what, is, what does that mean? Let's work through this together. Well, I only have an hour a day. Okay, do two 30-minute training sessions a day. But also, like right now, theoretically, and I'm not just saying this because they're my dogs, like all my clients' dogs, all my fans' dogs, people that have watched the show for a while, they're like, my dogs are in place right now, lying down next to me. Theoretically, that's training. Why? One of my daughters was just dropped off from somebody. They heard the front door open up. They heard the voices. Text got a little bit like, who is that? I just told him to knock it off. He laid back down. So like dogs are always working technically, even when they're doing nothing. Top chat. Top chat for 699 Canada. Hey, Gerard, how are you? Great work, guys. Hope to see you in Toronto in the near future. Yep, we'll be in Collingwood. Collingwood, California. Collingwood, uh, Canada. Next. 
Uh, cool page. When I try to be in control with my dog, she puts her tail in between her legs and it gets scared and nervous. So cool. Again, I have no idea what your skill set is. I have no idea what in control means. So the biggest thing that people can work on is their handler skills. What does in control mean? Does it mean raising your voice? I don't raise my voice. Does it mean like trying to be dominating? I don't try to be dominating. I'm a leader, not a boss. So what I want you to do is put a leash on your dog and start with the basics and start with lots of rules and lots of structure. That's what I wanted to do. Like, what's the day look like with your dog? I think a lot of times we also, when our dogs have had so much freedom and then all of a sudden we try to put any structure, they get nervous and fearful. They get nervous and fearful. And all your obedience stuff is all reward stuff. So I'm not quite sure what you mean by in control. Um, but all I know is that we get a lot of dogs that when you start giving them information and holding them accountable and asking them to do stuff, they get really nervous because they've had too much freedom. Children do the same thing. Next. Steve, I trained my dog Zeke with your advice. People always comment how well-behaved he is. Thank you. My wife, Jolene, runs her classroom using similar concepts of structure, rules, and consequences. Yep. And I bet you the children listen to her probably not out of fear. Next. Linda says, thanks so much. You're welcome, Linda. Audrey, pantyhose keep you warm in the winter. I prefer the 80 denier. <laughs> yep. I know very well. Thank you. Uh, Greg says, came in and all I hear is, <laughs> I got panties on. <laughs> thanks, Greg. Yeah. Good timing. Monoxide. Hello to you both. Just here soaking up the knowledge. Oh, nice. I'm just here spewing it. Mm -hmm. Precision Dog Training Academy. I wanted to ask you how you get constant engagement out of your dogs during training. I mean, you don't always do. I mean, my personal dogs, just show them a ball, right? My dogs will do anything for a ball. Like literally anything for a ball. Give them a ball, they'll do anything. They don't care. If there's a ball, they'll do it. Um, but what's your dog's motivator? So is it food? Is it a toy? For us, it's also the work, the work. So a remote cower can create engagement. Food can create engagement. A toy can, we don't use toys to train dogs in the training center. It's not practical for a family pet and for the way we're doing our repetitions. Working dogs is a little bit different. Plus, we also don't want dogs to be, we don't want that sense of excitement and arousal in dogs for family pet training. We want the dogs to be more calmer and relaxed. Um, so, Find what the motivator is of the dog, and you can, util you can utilize that. But for me, for my guys, I just have to use a ball. Like, they'll do anything. They're, they're just high, they're just drivey dogs. Um, but we get a lot of dogs, though. But don't be um, precision. Keep in mind, if you get dogs into your training school or you're, if you're you working with clients, you have some dogs that are just not motivated. They're just, just not motivated. No matter what you do, you're, they're like, nope, don't care about any of this stuff. So what do you do? You have to use more compulsion. They don't care about food. They don't care about physical touch. They don't care about verbal praise. They're just like, oh, geez, okay. So what do you, you got to be creative. Got to be creative. Next. Um, Chris, I noticed that Ronan doesn't seem to like playing fetch. Neither does my dog. He does. Does he do other things for exercise? I'm trying to think of other ideas for exercise. He's our only dog. Yeah, just walk the dog. Take him for a walk. Get on a bicycle, attach a leash to your dog, go for a bike ride, run with your dog, walk with your dog, run with your dog, go.
go go on a bicycle ride with your dog. Nope. I mean, Ronan goes for walks. We did a three and a half mile walk today. So, I mean, so he goes on walks. Yeah, he doesn't like to swim either. I have him run around the rubber room. He runs around the rubber room. Yep. <laughs> so he doesn't swim either. So that's it. Next. The Lone Wolf. Um, on that point, you say a proper down or proper sit. Is there a way for a dog to sit or down that is not right? Just wondering. Is pet dog trainers, I'm not concerned about like sometimes body position. Like we don't do like a lot of formal like fronts and perfect side st sits and we don't ask the dog to sphinx into a down. Um, what I probably meant with proper was, I'm not sure what we were referring, referring that back to. I just might call it proper. That's just like a term that I use. Like a proper sit or proper, I could have just said sit or down. I think maybe I throw that word in proper, not which is not the which is not the opposite of improper in my vocabulary. I just was called it a proper. Um, is there a way to sit or down? I think when you're down and yeah, you can do a half down. Absolutely. Also, a lot of the downs when they're in the house, we don't want dogs to be in an aroused state. We want them to sort of be like, yep, I'll be here for a while. Next. Uh, Jamal. Hey guys, how did you, do you eat shit to get where you're at? How did you, I ate a lot of shit. Yeah. Like I'm still eating shit. A lot of it. Daily. Menu. Daily. I like daily shit. Like I only show the good stuff. I like every day is a, is a, is a ballot, is a battle in the Fire, putting out fires on a lot of levels. It's a business. So I've got seven children, but there's three kids at home. I've got Linda. I've got a staff. I've got like a couple of different businesses. I've got seminar series. I'm working on projects. I mean, I assure it's, I love it. I love the hustle, but it's like, there's a lot of like, like today I paid bills for my life like for the month, like today was bill paying day. I'm like, it's a lot of fucking, I love being able to pay bills because I like to know that all the checks will clear. It's a good, it's a good feeling. And I haven't always been in that position. I would, I would, I would be like, Ooh, who's not gonna, who's not gonna shut something off or come and collect or repossess something. Like it hasn't been like this, you know, all the time, you know, I've, I've put in my dues and I still put in my dues. My dues are bigger now, right now they're bigger. They're bigger dues. They're bigger issues. They're bigger problems. But if you want to do anything and grow, you're always going to be eating shit. You're always going to be eating shit. When you stop eating shit, that's when you stop growing. I'm just looking to always just keep growing. So where that comes eating shit. That's why owning your own business is not for everybody. In fact, it's not for most people. Next. That could be a slogan in itself. Yep. Um... Karen. Hi, Jeff and Joelle. Is it best to hide the bonker before throwing it if possible? It seems less effective when my dog sees it coming. Thanks. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not supposed to be this, like you should never punish your dog with any, like you're never going to threaten the dog. Like guys, you shouldn't be pick, grab that remote collar for me. Oh shit. Oops. I just need the, I just need the handset. Like what a lot of people will say, what, what a lot of people tell me they, they they'll do is the dog won't be listening to them. They'll reach for the remote collar and they'll show the dog the remote collar. And they're like, oh, my dog stops. That's the last thing I want people to do. I don't want people to do that at all. I don't want you to threaten your dog. 
I want, I want your, I don't want your dog to be afraid of this at all. I don't want your dog to be afraid of this at all. Like right now, there's three dogs next to me. Like I just, I just, I just, I'm like I'm touching the, I'm touching two of the dogs' heads. They're awake. I'm just touching their heads right now with this. They're not shying away or running away. So I don't want my dogs to be afraid of me or afraid of afraid of these tools. So I want my dogs to, yeah, they can be afraid of a consequence, but I want the tools to be neutral. I want the tools to be neutral. Next. Ice Big Sky brought home a stray mama that has had so many litters that her boobies almost touched the ground. I shit you not. Point is, no manners whatsoever. Use bonker for jumping, barking. Where's that? Can you be professional? No, you're left. You're I haven't said a damn thing. <laughs> anyway, the bonker works like a charm. Thanks. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> I, I haven't laughed yet. You are. <laughs> well, maybe on the inside. <laughs> it's like discreet. You're just trying to be quiet. <laughs> I, I'm smiling. There's a big difference between <laughs> smiling and laughing. Okay. All right. You might want to talk to a little puppy plastic surgeon, though. I would suggest that. David. <laughs> Bonker work, though. So. It is hard to keep emotion out of training when they know what I'm telling them. And I'm still this way on third GSD, but I'm getting trained, too. Love you. Yeah, David. Love you, too, buddy. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, of course, you're human. He says, plus other dogs prior, not a newbie. Yeah. Plus, this is the thing, David. You're, you're, but it's, you're human. I mean, I've got a humongous heart. I've got a huge amount of empathy. I'm a very emotional person. Very emotional. Um, I'm very in touch with my emotions. I cry in public. I, um, I've cried in front of my staff. I've cried numerous times, hundreds of times in front of my kids. I have no problem crying in front of uh, uh, Linda. Um, so I'm a very emotional person because um, I'm so passionate about everything I do. But when it comes to training, though, I'm, I'm more methodical during the training and correction phase. You can show emotion with your dog, which is mostly excitement, once they're trained. Then it's easy because that won't mess it up. Next. <clears throat> Allie Wynn. Been without internet for the last week, hunting in Indiana, so might have missed it. Have you announced when Shirts Mugs will be released? Um, we're still proofing a couple of things. Um, obviously not by the deadline. So we'll probably have something available in the next couple of weeks. At least we'll be able to put something up on the website and take orders. What's the deadline? Well, I wanted it done by December 1st. So did okay. you put that post up? And I'll talk to you later. Next. Jake B. Walked my dog past a group of horseback riders. We healed past them without a hitch, but did see some hackles go up as she's never seen them before. How much do I allow when she's working through that? Um, Jake B., what's her intent? And I might have corrected that. I might have corrected the excitement, the arousal. So just a little bit of remote power. No. Correct. Especially if the dog didn't know what it was before. HK, props for making the how to use a bonker video. I couldn't help but laugh when you threw the bonker at the door just because of how idiots would interpret it. Oh, not just idiots, but highly intelligent people too. I was laughing the entire time I was filming. I had really was trying to keep it together. So the, the thing is, is that, that not just idiots. No, people, highly intelligent people. I mean, a huge segment of the balanced community in dog training cannot stand the bonker. 
Like they'll shock all dogs all day long, but God forbid you throw a cotton towel at your dog. I'm amazed. And this doesn't make them bad people at all. It doesn't make them bad people at all. Like I love the human race. I'm in totally in love with the human race. So I just find it interesting that somebody looks at a cotton towel being thrown, which is probably one of the most powerful punishers we have. I mean, I have stopped a dog killer in its fucking tracks when a double a double boss did not work, which is a huge amount of remote collar. That's a huge punisher. Humongous. And the dog didn't care about it at all. It still wanted to kill. And this damn top towel has stopped that dog. But I also use it for puppy biting. It's the most fantastic tool out there. It's legal in every single country. It's a towel. Like, you're going to ban towels? You're going to ban rolled up towels? Like, no. Like, you're going to ban elastics? No. So, I mean, you can also use a pool noodle, too. So, I mean, I mean, there's so many different applications for it. This concept of it's something, though, coming at your dog, they hate. They hate it. So you use it for you use it to your to your benefit. Everybody needs leverage when they're communicating with their dogs. You need leverage on the reward, you need leverage leverage on the punisher. Next. Um uh-uh. David Smith, 70 degrees in Arizona today. Sorry you couldn't do Phoenix this year. LOL, love to meet you next year. Yeah, next 2019, I'll be in either Phoenix. Oh no, hold on. I'm talking to somebody right now in um yeah, I'm talking to somebody right now in Arizona. Oh. Yeah. Tucson area, maybe? Maybe in between Tucson and Phoenix? I looked at it in a, ma- a map. It'll be, it'll go up. I forgot who. <laughs> you looked at it on a map. Yep. <laughs> Linda, any Cali seminars in the near future? Yeah, I'm going to be right in San, right north, 39 miles north of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Go to, um, what is it, Petaluma? Is that the name of the city? Yes. Petaluma, I think. Um, it's, it's, it's close to San Francisco. That's what I've got. And then I've got T3 down in Los Angeles, which is a, a one-week seminar. Go to t3seminars.com. Next. Um, Sawook, my hound, Mix, is always scanning for on walks. He is on a well-fitted prong by my side, but succeeds in his mission too often. I cannot remove anything he gets outside from his mouth. Oh, that's a problem. Get yourself a remote collar. Teach the dog the out command. Use the remote collar for the scanning. Use the remote collar for the scanning. Next. Lindsay, any suggestions for, I don't know, um, exercises to rebuild common engagement? One and a half year old male Alaskan Malamute, e-collar trained and obedience trained, has had a backslide after intro of new puppy. So, yeah, go back to the beginning, Lindsay. How you train the dog from the beginning, go back to that. You don't have to start all over again. We all, we all, we all get a little bit lazy. We all get a little bit compliant, and so do our dogs. So bring back some of the old stuff. Do some more of the repetitions. Hold your dog accountable. Um, um, set your dog up to fail, and then correct for noncompliance. Um, um, uh, uh, more structure in the, in the in 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 the home. You know, bringing home a puppy and a baby, and moving, and bringing home you know a new person in the house. And all that stuff throws dogs off. Throws dogs off. Next. Red Riding Hood and the Wolf. Can a toy be used as a reward? She was eating her kibble as a reward yesterday, and today I go to reward her, and she turns her nose away. 
Should I fast her for one or two days to increase her food drive? No. If she doesn't want to take food, that's on her. So you're not withholding food. Here it is. Oh, you don't want to take it? Okay. And I'll do another drill. Here it is. Oh, you don't want to take it? Okay. Eventually, it's like, damn, I guess the only way I'm going to eat is through training. Yep. Sounds about right. So we don't withhold. Like, we're not SeaWorld. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not, we're not a marine animal park. So we're not withholding food. And if people get offended by that, well, it's true. Um, so what what I want you to do is I want you to uh use the food, but if the dog doesn't want to take it, then okay, that's fine. Like we'll try again next time. But you're not eating out of a bowl right now. Next. Blue on black. Thanks, Jeff. I always learn something new listening to your show. I never knew dogs can get car sick, though we have always, I don't know, must have gotten split up. Oh, mm. sorry. It posted before finishing comment. Meant always learn from your channel, even if it's not a problem I have encountered. Great to know what to do in advance. Yeah. So, yeah, dogs get, I guess it's called car sickness. They get in the car and they throw up all over the place. I mean, I, I guess it would be called car. I mean, it just, it just happens. So, um, we don't directly work on that. We just put the dog through our structured training program. Usually by the second week, they don't get car sick anymore. Mm -hmm. It's pretty interesting. Next. Kindness matters. My new 12 week old puppy is super fearful. So, um, I like your name, by the way, kindness matters. Right. I, I, I'm like, that's my mantra. Um, so your dog's probably going through a fear stage. It's normal. It's normal. What I want you to do is get a book on how to raise a puppy. So, Monks of Newski, Caesar, but even if you get a, one of your textbooks out there, just not about necessarily training, but to understand the stages of life the dog goes through. Just Google it too. So stages of life, you know, zero to 16 weeks, right? Well, zero to zero to six and then like whatever. Like eight, most people get their dogs at eight weeks. So eight weeks to 16 weeks, and then 16 weeks to 24 weeks. Like what you should be doing, what you should be looking out for, what's normal, what's not normal. Um, and so you're a little bit more familiar with it. But it, yeah, your dog's going to go through different stages. There's different fear periods that it goes through. And then and then how to handle them, that's the, that's the mixed information that's out there. Next. Cool, Paige. My dog has a chewing problem too. He gets into the trash can. He rips everything up. Okay. So cool, Paige, get a remote collar. Get a remote collar. You might want to do a Skype with me, by the way. That's what I do. Um, get a remote collar. Make it suck to get in the trash can. Let's all think about this logically, guys. Um, I think we've gotten afraid. We've gotten away from common sense and logic with our dogs. What would we do? What would we do if our children were going to get into a trash can? And just take things and throw it all over the place. What would we do? Well, most of us would probably yell at screen, scream at our kids, right? Like that's what we do. That's what our parents did with us. Maybe we'd maybe we'd physically strike them. That's what our parents did with us. You know, maybe we would ground them. That's what our parents did with us. Maybe we would take away electronics. Our parents didn't do that with us because we didn't have electronics when I was growing <laughs> up. Okay, I'm, I'm 52, so it's a little bit different now. Now with the the youngins out there. So, but I think that 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 to a child it's we can we can be more comprehensive to it but to a dog dogs stop things that the consequence is suckiness got it so usually yelling is not enough 
I don't believe in putting a dog in a timeout. So that's not enough. Taking the dog and putting it in a crate won't stop the unwanted behavior. It'll stop it in the moment because it's in the crate. There's no learning from that. Saying no and yelling, and the dog might run away. Oh, when I yelled no at my dog and it runs away, it's like, yeah, because it's just afraid in the moment of your yelling. It didn't really learn anything. So if you have a remote collar, shock collar, and it's I, I when I ever mention remote collars, I'm only mentioning them, using them here mostly as an aversive, as a punishment tool, because that's what people are asking me about. Um, and that's what most people need help with. You can train your dog how to do stuff tons of ways. Like we primarily use food and markers. But Dogtra, e-collar technology, Garmin, and Sport Dog. Dogtra and e-collar technology are the two ones that we prefer to train with. But if you put the collar up on a very high level, so it, yeah, it's uncomfortable slash hurts. It sucks. I mean, your dog can get in the trash and die from something, get poisoned from something. Definitely cause, create a ER visit, a vet visit for your dog. So if you make it suck for the dog to get in the trash can, let alone even like think about it, the, the dog stops. Dogs wake up every day. They probably want to get through the day pretty cool. They probably don't want any controversy during the day. I don't think most dogs wake up and they're like, let me find things that are going to make, make my life uncomfortable. I think dogs wake up and they're like, I just want to do stuff that I like today. Most likely. Next. Mm -hmm. Karen K, six month golden uh, mini educator. What length connectors? The mini educator, you might need the, you might need the thick fur ones. You might need the long ones. You know, you'll figure it out. Figure it out for, for fit. Next. Dakota Fang, hello, new here. Oh, hey, thanks for joining in. This is show number 480. 479, isn't it? No, it's 480. Oh. Yeah, 480. I'm wrong. Yeah. Raquel, guys, help. My boyfriend's one and a half year old dachshund has started barking as early as 3.30 a.m. and won't stop until he gets taken for a walk and plays, and we lose precious sleep. Suggestions? Fuck that. <laughs> what are you fucking... What? <laughs> Raquel? you got to be kidding. You're living like that? Hold on here. Taken for a walk? What is the dog doing? Texting you saying, I want to go for a walk and play? When did that start? How did that start? You have to be kidding me. <laughs> and you're so fucking polite with your questioning, too. I'd be like, I'm sick of fucking tired. I'm ready to kick this fucking dude and his goddamn pain in the ass dog out of my house so I can get some sleep. That's the proper way to word that question. I get up at 3.30, but not because of a dog. It's like a freaking sleeping issues. <laughs> but send the dog here. Send the dog here. I'll be getting up anyway. <laughs> well, you get up at 3.30. Yeah, we're on the same schedule. <laughs> My dogs don't go outside until, like, I've already gone to the gym. I've already done computer work. I've, like, I get back, and they still haven't gone outside. They still better not be making it peep. But 3.30 in the morning is bullshit. Now, if your dog has to wake up and go to the bathroom, that's one thing. But go for a walk and play? Says who? <laughs> what you're trying to do is... You're trying to get the dog to be happy and calm and tired out. Um, how about this? Let me freaking shake the day, hit the damn crate. So the dog should be in a crate at night. You make it suck to wake up at 3.30 in the morning, or at least to make noise at 3.30 in the morning. The dog stops. So seriously, dog gets up at 3.30 in the morning. Actually, the whole conversation, I've been serious. Literally, since you asked, since I opened my mouth about your question. So there's a little bit of seriousness in everything I say. Um, but dogs whining and barking at 3.30 in the morning, walk up to the crate, say no. Boom, hit the top of the crate, hit the side of the crate, shake the crates. Oh my God, the dog will freaking hate the crates. I don't really care. 
I only care about my sleep right now. If you don't like the crate from 3.30 a.m. until 7 a.m., oh, well, freaking to tell somebody that cares, you damn dog. Okay? So, and I'm being sort of serious here. It's like, you're, you're, way, you're accommodating the hell out of this dog. Who started that play? Whose idea was that? You were the boyfriends. Oh, we have to go play with the dog. We have to take the dog for a walk. Who the <laughs> fuck started that? You're kidding me. Oh, honey, <laughs> it's 3.30 in the morning. Let's take the dog for a walk. Who does that? <laughs> Raquel, I love you. Cut it out tonight. Tonight, it's over. <laughs> it's over. Next. Uh, Melissa posted the link to your seminars. Next. Blue on black. Oh, I read that one already. Purple lady. Is it a good rule of thumb to always take baby steps with training, or is it okay to sort of follow the dog's lead if he's making big strides with training? Um, You definitely don't want to skip any steps. So you have to you definitely want to have a good foundation, like building a house. Um, but some dogs definitely work quicker than others. Next. Angela, one-year-old GSD still jumps on people and family when they come over. Use e-collar on high for a second. She cries but keeps jumping. Try three seconds and keep a leash on the dog so you can give it backwards guidance. Next. Um, did we get this one for the top chat from Gerard? Yes, long okay. time ago. Yep. Chris, a uh, five-pound dog is a five-pound dog too small for a prong. I'm I'm like six four, and there's so much leash between me and the dog. <laughs> Fuck, Chris. <laughs> The dog's in another state. <laughs> so um, five-pound dog, you probably don't need a prong for. But you can get a 1.75-millimeter prong collar. But you probably don't need a prong collar for – you can probably just use a little bit of a tiny slip lead. But even though, I mean, a slip lead actually creates more harm. But you can train a five-pound dog on a on a micro-prong prong if you want to. Next. Karen, Amazon comes with five-eighths or three-fourth-inch mini educator connectors, which my golden retriever. So, Karen, th th they both come in the box. So, chances, well, the three-quarter one is going to be, actually, five-eighths, that doesn't sound right. Those are too close together in yeah. size. I think it's I think it's half half an inch and three-quarters of an inch. So, yeah, that five-eighths doesn't sound, sound, sound correct. But either way, either way, try both. Try them both. Next. Jason brought home eight-month-old Shepherd Mix a few weeks ago. No boundaries or discipline. Started watching your videos, and she's done amazing with your tips and tools. Wanted to say thanks for everything. Awesome, Jason. Nice. Nice. Cotton flower, too. LOL. I had the mop bucket out because I constantly need to clean up after my messy Shepherd after he drinks his water and gets it all over the floor. Do um, Don't let the dog randomly drink. And teach the dog how to drink from a straw, <laughs> but not a plastic one. Because those are being banned. Next. Michelle, my boyfriend tends to yell at our dog when breaking a command, and sometimes she responds to it, and other times not. Thoughts on yelling versus saying a firm no in a bonker? E-collar has been ordered. I obviously yell because you've listened to my show. When it comes to working dogs, if any of my staff was yelling at a dog, like, there'd be a consequence. No, I wouldn't bonk or okay. – no, I wouldn't bonk my staff. It's like, of course not, Jeff. That's unprofessional. You can get sued. Um, I wouldn't use um, any dog training stuff on them at all. I would sit them down and be like, what, like, what skill set do you need to learn so you don't have to yell? But you don't need to yell at your dog. You don't need to yell. Let the tools yell. Next. David Smith, LOL, about dog shying from tools. Rocky runs to me after Stim to tell me what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They do. They do. We see both. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ice Key Big Sky, want to incorporate e-collar, but should I wait till he has basic commands down first at home? We have five acres we camp on with lots of wildlife. Don't want to overwhelm her. We hike a lot in the forest. So listen to me. Remote collars and forests go together like that. So and even better, um, the woods, they go to bed even better in the woods. So what I want you to do is you can layer, start layering your remote collar over your existing commands. Next. Mm -hmm. Greg, good point on the remote. I always pet my dogs and feed them with it in hand. I let them smell it, paw it, etc. Yep. Next. David Smith. Hell, Jeff, I cried. A great song. Yeah, me too. Next. Trini, my parents are preparing to put their 15-year-old family uh, dog down. Sucks. They're in their late 60s and enjoy mellow walks. They work part-time and with like a medium-sized dog. What would you recommend? So this is the thing. I would go to I would go to your local shelter and I would or look for um I look for a dog that's in foster. That's what I would do. I would look for a dog that's in a foster home. And then you get more of an indication of what the dog is like actually in home life. And I would find someone and, and be really self-aware and reasonable about like what they can handle. And they're probably looking for, there's so many people that are getting rid of dogs from the ages of one to eight or even older than that. So, you know, get a three to five year old dog that's, that's, that's not a high drive dog. They can have a great time with it. And don't, I'm not even worried about the breed because, oh, golden retrievers make great dogs. Like, you haven't met the ones that I have met. Labs make great dogs. You haven't met the ones that I've met. German Shepherds make make great dogs. Like, like there's there's we see a lot of badly behaved dogs. We see a lot of dangerous dogs. So um, with me, like, what do they like? I mean, maybe they don't want a long fur dog, right? Maybe they don't. So I, I would look, I would just look around um, through a foster home and find find somebody that worked has been doing really well in a home already. Next. Um, here's it. Did I read this one from Rose? Should the bonker only be thrown? I can't remember if I read it. We have the Kelly J one. <clears throat> no, but this is a top chat. Oh, I'm sorry. This one. I don't think I read that. No, you didn't. Okay. So $2 top chat from Rose. Should the bonker only be thrown? No, you can actually use it to bop the dog too. We do. We use it both ways. Next. Kaylee J. So thankful for all you do, especially when so many trainers will condemn people for the tools they use and struggles they've had. Love that you and Sean are both so caring towards your followers. Thank you, Kelly J. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, I don't shame anybody for anything. Like, I don't really personally don't care what how you train your dog. Like, I don't care. I mean, if you want to go through life not punishing your dog, that's fine. But you just can't ask me how to fix it then and not be open to it. So I really don't care. And your dog can't affect my life or my dog's life. And God forbid you kill your dog for something that was an easy fix or rehome your dog for an easy fix. But that's on you. That's not on me. But if somebody wants to use different tools or methods, or I, I, I really don't care if it works. But show me the dog. Like you can't have a dog that's jumping all over me and say, "Oh no, 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 he's trained." I'm like, "No, he's not trained." If you have a dog dragging down the street, "Oh, he's trained." I'm like, "No, he's not trained." If you have a dog that runs over and jumps on my dog. Oh no, he's fine. He's trained. I'm like, no, he's not trained. So, like, as long as it doesn't intrude on my life, I really don't care. So, yeah, dog trainers that a lot of mean people in this pet industry of ours because they're drawn to animals and they're not very good with humans. So you'll see that a lot. But there's a lot of people like that's one thing you'll never hear me do is you're never going to hear me like make negative commentary towards any person or business or I shouldn't say that. I fucking call out like PETA and stuff like that and. The, the, some other 
places that, but never in a response to attacking me. And it's almost so unprofessional for dog trainers to bash other dog trainers. I see this constantly, constantly. So many dog trainers out there are just trying to knock down people to raise themselves up. I mean, what a terrible character trait that is. And I just want people should know. I mean, guys, it's like, like the public is aware of that. The public doesn't like that. They, they just don't. They just don't. Next. Audrey, the past six weeks playing truck it, dog whimpers after 15-minute sessions. Obviously, there's an underlying issue. Yeah. Vet prescribed tramadol, bad reaction, trying fish oil and turmeric paste. Thoughts? So, so Audrey, I'm not a vet. It's obviously definitely your dog is hurt. Mm. So it could be a lot of things. So what I would do is the first thing I normally do is I go to a canine, a good canine massage person because they can feel every, you get a good canine massage person. They can tell a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, probably better than x-rays because x-rays only x-ray like an organ and a bone, right? Do they actually do the muscles and the tendons? They, do soft tissue. they don't do soft tissue. So I would, I would actually talk to a, um, canine massage person, it's going to be under a hundred dollars historically. And you're going to get a really good readout of like, Oh, that's an issue right there. And then you could actually like get more um, <coughs> focused stuff. Excuse me. So I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. It's medical stuff. I'm not good with next. Angela, I watched the last live video after it aired. I loved your voice when demonstrating how you encourage protection behavior. LOL. That's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> yeah, whenever Kira's biting somebody, that's a good girl. That's my girl. That's my girl. Yep. Now they get all excited. <laughs> She's going to come run over here. Kira. Girl, plus. Uh, Audrey, she said she has not done an MRI yet. She's so driven by Chuck It. Sad to not have her play anymore. Hey, guys. Girl had uh, sort of like an ACL surgery type thing. Eight weeks. Girl. She runs hard. I didn't run her for six months. She doesn't know medium pace. She knows no moving and 100 miles per hour. I didn't run her for six months. I didn't run her. This is a dog that has been running since I've gotten her. She's about eight years old now. I got her at one years old, I think. Um, or maybe a little bit older than one. Maybe a year and a half old. I forgot. Um and this is a dog that runs multiple times a day. And I didn't run her for six months. For two months, I like did no physical ex exercise because my pool wasn't open yet. Next. If you're going to have surgery on your dog like that, ACL surgery, you can hold off until the spring. If you live in like cold weather climates so you can swim, unless you have access to an indoor swimming pool or you have access to like a heated treadmill um, that you can use anytime you want for uh, having to pay for it. Um, but be, I, I, I would have I scheduled the surgery um, – I would have scheduled surgery probably in March if I had to do it again. Next. <clears throat> Jazz. My two-year-old dog is depressed and anxious from abuse by the previous owner. He's currently on meds and remains calm most of the day. But when the effects wear off, he constantly begs for my affection. Should I avoid giving affection or will he feel rejected? Okay, Jazz, you're brand new to my world. I'll try to be soft and gentle with you. You're, you're humanizing the fuck out of your dog. And I want it to stop. I want it to stop. I don't want to hear that story anymore. I just don't. And you might just tell me to, you might, just, you might be offended by this. I, I see, I don't want to hear that story anymore. 
I don't want to hear about the past of that dog anymore. It's all bullshit, in my opinion. It's total bullshit. Get your dog off medication. I'm not anti-meds for humans and for dogs, but I'm absolutely, we, we over-prescribe the hell out of medication for humans and way, way too much for dogs. Not many dogs need meds. I mean, because they can't do talk therapy. So like, like, sort of me, but they don't need it. They don't need talk therapy either. They rarely need medication. I would say everybody has to be off medication when they come into our training center. And I would say less than 2% have to go back on. And this is after about 50% were on it. So what I want you to do is wean your dog off meds. I don't want you to humanize your dog anymore. Your dog is not depressed and your dog won't be rejected. Those are all human emotions that don't factor into the dog training world at all. What I want you to do is work your dog. So start following all my videos on structured walk, create your dog at night, create your dog when you're not home, place command, training sit and down, consequences for unwanted behavior. Do some engagement games, just look them up. Engagement games, what do I do? Pick one or two of them, okay? Figure out a good way to play with your dog, Figure out what it is. Does it like a ball, a frisbee, a chuck it? Does it like to do tug? Does it like the floor pull? Does it like to do agility type stuff? Figure that out. If you live by the water, teach it to swim. No more sad stories from your dog about you and your dog, no. Don't want to hear it. Right? Do that, and I assure you your life will change. Next. Macy Lynn, last few times have gone hiking, had off-leash dogs run at my dogs aggressively and not thinking of bringing a bonker. Thanks. Our thoughts. Bring bring bear spray. Bring bear spray. Bear spray. Okay. Um, Angela, I've been looking at e-collars. I was thinking a mini educator for my Schnauzer Beagle Mix. Are all remote collars one size fits all? By the way, he has a high prey drive. I definitely want to turn it off. So I don't want your dog to lose his prey drive. But my dogs have got high, high hunt and prey drive as well. So I don't want them to lose that at all. But I don't want my dog chasing wildlife either. So they can save that for the ball. Or the or the or, or some other toy, um, but what I would do is sometimes the mini educators are not enough, and you might have to go to the boss. Next, cotton flower too. I've always been stumped when it comes to training a dog to bring a ball back. Uh, Bellamy just goes after it and walks away with it. If I tell him to come, he'll drop it and come. Tips on that? So I don't teach forced fetch. Look up a video on forced fetch. And that's what you'll do. I don't teach that. It's above my skill set. And I, we don't train that at our training center. Next. Chef Maga, why is it called a bonker? Um, because Gary Wilkes started calling it a bonker and he's been using one longer than anybody I know. Next. Angela, Monks of Newski is where it's at. Also, The Dog's Mind. Excellent, Angela's suggestions. Next. Those are books, guys. Next. Shashu89. Hello. At what age would you spay a female dog? That's a medical question and a personal choice. I've got one spayed dog. I mean, I'm sorry, one dog now that's not spayed because she came to me intact and I'm probably not going to fix her. Um, I'm not against spay or neuter. I'm an advocate of spay and neuter, but I think that's a personal choice. And I don't know. Every dog I've ever gotten other than her has come to me um, de-sexed. Next. Top chat. Top chat. Ooh, $5. Top chat. Thank you. Rose, how do I stop my dog from being scared of water while I give her a bath? If water gets on her face, she starts yelping like I'm trying to kill her. Yeah, my son is like that. Angelo's like that. You know, good, good old Ange. Um, you could actually tell the dog to shut up. Believe it or not. It sounds so mean, doesn't it? 
Like, you're going to be kidding me. You're screaming because of a little bit of water on your face. So, you know, to me, that's like, I don't want you screaming. So what I would do is I would correct that and then and, and slowly, if you want to fully bathe your dog, you have to spray your dog down, right? You've got to, I mean, that's what people do, right? Whether you do, a, whether you use a cup of water, a bucket of water, or use a hose, or it's at a grooming salon. Um, I haven't, I personally haven't experienced that. I would talk to a groomer. Hey guys, like, have you ever got a dog that's really sensitive to water? What do you do? And maybe they'll know what to do. So all I know is this is like, I would, I would correct it and then counter condition it next. Karen, when using e-collar for counter surfing, is it okay that my dog sees me while I say no, same time as correction? Don't want her to associate it's me correcting. Oh, I have no problem with, I have no problem with the dog associating it's you that's correcting. When it comes to active God stuff, I do want them to think the counter is hot though. I do want them to think the counter is hot. So therefore you wouldn't say no either. So you can do it from another room, set up a video camera, set your dog up. So Skype or FaceTime yourself or get a baby cam. Next. Kindness matters. Thank you. This is my first dog on my own and I don't want to screw it up. There's so much conflicting info out there. It's tough to know the right steps to take. Going to look through your content. Thanks. So this is it. Let me help you out a little bit. If you want to train your dog to do something, you reward it. If you want to stop your dog from doing something, you have to learn how to properly apply punishments. Most information you see online will say never use punishment for your dog. You'll ruin their relationship. That's unethical advice. It's the biggest line of bullshit there is. And the people that are actually suggesting it are not following it at home with their own dogs. It's a good marketing message, though, and it sounds really good. Yeah, do everything only that's good with your dog and never do anything uncomfortable. And they'll turn out perfect. Yeah. How is that going for you? Humans and dogs. Life is full of natural discomforts. Welcome to the world. Let me at least control the ones that I'm going to apply so you learn what I want you to learn. Next. Linda. Hi, guys. My dog tends to shake when I'm doing duration work, having them in a down, watching things go by. Yep. How do I fix this? People walking by associate the shake and trembling with the e-collar. So how do you fix it? You just let it process it. Let them, let them, let them associate it with the e-collar. I really don't give a shit. It's your dog. It's your journey. So they can go, they can go to the animal shelter and they can get a dog and they can train it every way they want to, any way they want to. But you get a lot of dirt dogs that are sort of going through rehab or detox or the shaking a lot of times is the lack of an unwanted behavior. It could be the nervousness of the dog. Um, um, could the dog be, oh, it doesn't want to move because it's afraid of getting corrected? Sure. There's also that in there too. We see a ton of dogs process though. They just they process information differently. And a lot of dogs are just like nervous. It goes away. Next. <clears throat> David Smith. I'm sorry, Trini. Every time I hear of a family putting their dog down, it brings back every time I've had to. So hard. It is hard. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trini, thank you for all you do, Jeff. And thank you for the advice. You're welcome. Next. Pam, seminar in Arizona in 2019. If so, where? Probably in the Tucson slash Phoenix area. Next. And I know that's two different areas, mm -hmm. guys. Next. Kindness matters. First time hearing about a bonker, but I have the worst aim ever. I have a feeling it wouldn't be effective since I'd probably never make contact with the dog. We'll try for mouthing and jumping. So kindness matters. Today, 
you have the worst game ever. Got it? I assure you, if you practice for five minutes a day for a month and you set up little targets from 10 feet to 15 feet away, and I'm being serious here because I believe that everybody has a certain skill set that they can make better or they don't have the skill set that they can learn. So I assure you, in a month from now, you'd be like, Remember when I couldn't bonk? I, well, I'm trying to think of a good thing. I can knock the, 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 I don't know, if it was a pin stuck in a fucking fly's ass, I can knock it <laughs> off. I don't know, something like that. The eyebrows off of a, the eyebrows off of a fly. I don't know. But I was trying to think of some like good aim story, but you'll be good. That's a good one. I don't know. The eyebrows off of a fly. Right. <laughs> All right. Flies don't have eyebrows. That's because they've been bonked so much. <laughs> Next. Uh, Mike Alvin, sir, I'd love to see you in Alaska. I know. I'd like to get up there. Um, Jim. Find me a location that's not like just all positive up there. Next. Jim Monkey 16. I've got a dog who is scared of men, went through aggression training, was told when we come near a strange man and dog growls to correct him. If he still does it, up the level. Is that a good method? So this is the thing. Talk to your trainer about that. Does it work for have your trainer show you how to do that? Is that is that something we would do? It is, but you have to put it into context. There's also there's also other things we would do as well. So it's not just about blasting your dog. You have to put it, you have to tell the whole story to the dog. But the bottom line is, yeah, if a dog is walking walking by a, a, a anything and it growls at it. And that dog's in command, and you're keeping that dog like you're advocating for that dog. That dog shouldn't be growling. So first, you want to stop the unwanted behavior, and then you can create your positive associations. A lot of people are doing it backwards, so they're trying to create positive associations and avoid the correction. Next, Pam, I vote for Tucson. My son lives in Tucson. All right, next. David Smith says he's in Phoenix, but he will drive. Nice. Uh, Greg says darts at seminars, but with bonkers. Yeah, it's true. Next. <laughs> Audrey, thank you, Jeff. Your kindness is truly heartwarming. Oh, thanks, Audrey. Thank <clears> you. <throat> Sammy. Hey, guys. Linda will send that photo tomorrow or Monday. Question, at what age do you start puppies on prong collar and e-collar? Um, you can usually start at 12 to 14 weeks old. And it's all done with – the remote collar is all done with food. It's all food association stuff, and the dogs love it. Next. Because they're so damn hungry. Next. That's it. That's it? No, there's another one. Cotton flower. Oh, there it is. No yawning. Come on. Sorry. It's not, three, Sorry. it's not like you were up at 3.30 in the morning letting out a freaking dachshund. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Next. Um, Sammy, hi, guys. Oh, I already read that. Yep. Cotton flower. My sister's two-year-old husky is fearful of large bodies of water. When we walk on the beach, she constantly pushes and pulls to try getting as far from the ocean as possible. We don't expect her to love the water, but would love for her to be calm during beach trips. Um. So don't allow the dog to – so whatever the environmental is that the dog doesn't like, so start – Farther away, don't do any BAT protocols. Those don't work and they take too long. So um, what I want you to do is um, I want you to just heal the dog. Can you heal the, can she heal the dog? These are sisters, right? So um, can she heal the dog without the body of water there? Can she heal the dog on a sidewalk? Can she make directional changes? Can she heal the dog? Can she go by other environmentals? Good. Now, Start on start farther up on the sand or the shore. 
heal the dog. Work your way in. Got mm. it? Next. Silver Sky, Red Dawn. I have two male Yorkies. I just rescued one, and they are both intact. They both attack each other. How do I make this stop? They have to be in separate rooms. So, so first of all, you had two male Yorkies. You just rescued them. Okay. What I would do is this. If I was there, we can fix it. What I want you to do is you need to find someone local that can stop this. If you can't, I'd like you to take one back. And, I, and, and some people might be offended by that. It's like, oh, no, don't do that. They'll be killed. I'm like, yeah, but you might be saddled with 10 years of 10 years. The male Yorkies, if healthy, they can go to 16 years old. So do you want to spend the next 15 years possibly struggling with this? Because if you don't, if you can't find the answers. For starters, now, would I get them fixed? Fixing doesn't fit everything, but fixing doesn't fit Fixing doesn't stop them, but you might as well just for like the sake of it if you choose to. That's your that's your own decision. But but I don't know what your skill set is, but you have your hands full. So what are you going to do? First of all, they shouldn't be in separate rooms. You should be creating your dog at night, creating your dog when you're not home. I want you to watch all my videos. Start with literally how to train your dog to do stuff. I want you to advocate for your dogs by making putting structure in there. What kind of structure? Are you giving more love and affection to these dogs and not compared to structure, which is what most people do because they tell the backstory about the dog. Oh, the dog came from a terrible condition, whether it was hoarding or a drug dealer or, or somebody died or whatever. It's like, no, you've got two dogs that are fighting with each other. Massive amounts of structure. So the question to you is, are you mentally prepared to work with two aggressive dogs? Because if because keeping them in the same room is going to stabilize things right now, and it's the smart thing to do, but I'd like them to not be free in the room. Put them in crates. They should be in crates next to each other. You know, you can have a half meter apart or a meter apart if you want to. If you want to put the divider there, go ahead and put the divider there. But I actually want them next to each other existing. Existence first. Any nonsense, get yourself a bonker, make a bonker like this, walk up to the crate, say no, and hit the top of the crate. But you've got, you've got your plate. Your plate is full. This is not a free. It's not that it's free. This is not a jump on the YouTube live and get um, the, the fix to this at all. But I would say is, is you've got your, you've got your plate full. Now, if they came to us, yeah, we'd stop it really, really quick. And then we would train you, but you're not by us. So if you can find a balanced dog trainer in your area that works with aggression, so the code word, if it's positive only or reward only or they're force free, don't go to them. They'll tell you. They'll tell you to kill the dog. They might say rehome one of them, like I just said, take one back. But I'm also more practical because I don't know enough of the history of you. More structure, consequences. Follow my training. Take your heart out of it. Next, Steve. Really appreciate you guys giving us your time and awesome advice. Great mixture of information and entertainment. Oh, cool. Ice Big Sky, Joelle, hope all is well with you too. I am great. Yeah, she's doing really well. Thank you. Rose, how do you correct peeing in oh, the house? Pain in the fucking ass. That's what it is. I'm I'm not good with the pee stuff, guys. So the thing is, is if you have to catch the dog in the act and you have to correct it harshly. Catch the dog in the act though. You don't yell at the dog afterwards. If the dog, if you find piss in the house, be mad at yourself. Where were you? Where were you? Don't let the dog free roam. Next. Michelle, loved your new bonker videos, so thanks for posting them. You're welcome. 
Mike says, don't hit her with the bonker for yawning. I, I hit her with a bonker? What are you, fucking nuts? I don't even raise my voice to her. Nope. What are you, crazy? No way. <laughs> Silver Sky says, no. Okay, so again, I don't know what your skill set is. I don't know anything about you or the dogs. All I know is this. You grab two intact male dogs that you just got home and they're fighting. It's a lot to take on. It's a, it's a lot to take on. It really, really is. Next. Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just practical. Next. Pam at seminars, two people, me and hubs and dog. Pay for both people and dogs. Yeah, there's a combination working audit spot. So it's two humans, one dog. It's the combination of the working audit spot and you save money doing it that way. Next. Sammy, so you're saying that you start 12-week puppies on prongs too, or is that just e-collars? Um, you could depends on the size of the puppy and how much it's pulling. The prong only need to be used at that age for pulling. Because everything else we do food training with. Everything is food training. But we're also in no rush to walk the 12-week-old puppy. You can have the dog around a lot of stuff outside, a lot of environmentals, but there's no rush to walk the dog. But if you got yourself a, you have to remember, some 12-week-old puppies are 20 or 30 pounds already. And they're already dragging you down the street. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Next. Uh, kindness matters. LOL, I'll be an official bonker thrower in a month. I'll add it to my daily exercise routine. Kindness matters. That's what I like to hear. Next. Mm -hmm. uh, Adriana, my dogs have a lot of structure. And once in a great while, my husky lays his head on my leg. Is this dominance or just affection? It's the worst thing ever. Okay, Adriana, it's no big deal. It's no big deal at all. That's what it is. It's most likely not dominance. And even if it was, like, what's the dog's relationship with you look like? If you're like, oh, he's pushy, he's snotty, he doesn't listen to me. Okay. But no, it's probably affection. That's what dogs do. Some dogs don't like human contact. Most do. So, next. That's it. That's it. All right. David Smith. Thanks, All right, guys. that's Great it. Chat. Hour and 29 minutes and 25 seconds. Time to go anyway. All right, time to go anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Greg says, you've got to get in their shit fast, um, Silver Sky. If two that would fight frequently, it's a lot of structure and making them choose the right decision versus, versus being uh, getting corrected. Yeah. You have to be hardcore. You have two fighting dogs. You have to be hardcore. Yep. But anytime, I probably have the same answer for a lot of folks, though, that get two dogs at the same time. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, Why? You have to have a huge amount of skills. The way I almost look like this is this. Is, first of all, you're not a bad person. You're like, you're not a bad person. Like, like, I'm not going to shame you or condemn you at all. That's not my thing. You know, one person asked a question. I want everybody to think about this stuff. You know what I mean? I want everybody to start thinking about this stuff. But, like, folks shouldn't be getting two puppies from the same litter. And if you want to get a second dog, wait till the first dog is a year old. And then get the next dog. And anytime anybody gets multiple dogs, that's a lot of work. Like, 
I would never do that. I wouldn't do that. And I got some dog skills. I just don't want my life to be that difficult right now. You know what I mean? I don't know if I ever wanted my life to be that difficult. So, so, cause there's a ton of work, two dogs that aren't fighting, like two Yorkies that aren't fighting two of any dog that are not fighting at once is a shitload of work. It is a ton of work. It's a ton of work. So I just want people to, 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 Think about things a little bit more less with your heart. And that sounds so cold. It's like, oh, so we shouldn't get dogs that are in a hard place? Well, frankly, no, you can't. How many times I've, like, every day I turn down dogs. Every day. Every day somebody contacts me and they say, if you don't help, I'll have to put my dog down. And I'm like, okay, sorry, that's your choice. So I might like, don't put that on me. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you're doing this with the two Yorkies. I'm saying though, it's like, like so you're going to blame me for your bad decision or for your lack of, of research or for you possibly being lazy. This isn't directed at anybody on my show. This is just like big picture stuff. And this is like Jeff thought process and theory stuff. It's like, you know, don't put that on me. So put your dog down. If that's what you want to do. I got 5,000 videos out there. I got people, I got people on my show. I got people on my show that are rehabbing their dogs on their own for free. But guess what they are doing? They're spending the time. They're doing the re they're spending the time research, watching the videos, joining my Q&As, and then applying what they learn and then keeping up with it. It's a lot of freaking work. It's it's a, it's it's a lot of work. So I'm trying to get people to think big picture stuff, but also you're not going to make me feel guilty at all that you have to put your dog down. That's on you. Sorry. Nope. Can't help you there. I already am helping you. I got tons of free content out there, but it's interesting how people want to put, they, they like to play the blame game. Rescues do that too with me. It's like, sorry guys. I got free videos. It's like, send your staff. I offer free I offer, I do about $100,000 a year in free um, dog training. And a lot of it, I do free tickets for, for um, shelter workers at my seminars. Sometimes I'll give up to a dozen free tickets to my seminar, to, to a shelter. So they'll send their staff there. So they, they become more educated. So the resources are out there for anybody that wants the work. Like a lot of my super fans will, um, a lot of my super fans will do it. So, and you've already, you've already been bitten too a couple of times. So it's not too late, Silver Sky. It's not too late. You can do it, but it's going to be a ton of work. A ton of work. It will. That's my specialty, aggression rehab. Two dogs in the same home that are fighting. That's a 50-50 chance of success with somebody that's skilled. It might be better than that, but let's just put that out there. With somebody that's skilled, it's really hard to do. But you don't know. You don't know. I don't know your situation. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Madly in love with you. We'll see you. What's today? What's today? Saturday. Saturday.
When did I do my Monday. next show? Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Linda. Linda will be on. All right. Take care. Bye, guys.